superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. How many times do I say into this microphone, you never want to be the guy after the guy. You just don't want to be the guy after the guy. Check it out. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. This guy, after Tom Brady, leaves. Maybe throws a dart toward the end zone. Caught ball! Mike Evans! There's no doubt in my mind that he has raised this franchise. Today's guests, ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst. Fox Sports College Football Analyst, Bruce Feldman. Host of Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number one of this Championship Wednesday edition of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. And by championship, I mean what the Milwaukee Bucks apparently think they're up to. Uh, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Oh, and then this Championship Sunday in the National Football League. Uh, the uh, head coach of the Detroit Lions, Dan Campbell, just finished speaking. John Harbaugh stepping to the podium right now. Lots going on in our world in this neighborhood, and we would uh, love to talk with you. As I mentioned, 844-204-RICH, number to dial right here. We say hello to our Roku channel viewing audience, Sirius XM Odyssey, and more. We also uh, welcome in our terrestrial listening radio audience on this uh, Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate. We're thrilled to have you. Our podcast listeners, anybody out there who wants to take in all three hours of this show whenever you want to hear it, it's available wherever you get your podcast. Same thing with What the Football with Susie Schuster and Amy Trask. Andrew Whitworth recorded that. They had him rank the top remaining pass rushes and top oh. remaining quarterbacks in it. championship uh, action coming up this weekend. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, an absolute uh, uh, dynamite. Listen, all the time are over the Reaction Monday podcast. Chris and I did on Monday still is uh, as relevant as ever because we're still overreacting to things. So check all that out. Good to see you over there, Chris Brockman. What's going on, sir? Rich, not much, man. How are you? All right. Uh, Jason Fellers. Is, uh, good hey. to see you over there. I pulled good in this morning too, and I saw Jay and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> good to see you, TJ. How are you? <laughs> I'm chilling, man. How are you guys doing? I'm great. I'm, well, I'm, uh, I'm, on, uh, I'm on pins and needles. I understand. I'm, uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I believe today... Maybe Jim Harbaugh day. I'm just getting the sense, my ears to the ground. Uh, I hear, I from, I hear from a lot of people in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I know some folks here in Los Angeles as well. Um, <laughs> people all around the world. I'm, I'm having a, I, I've got yeah, that feeling. I've got that feeling. Today is the day. I can you, feel it. That we're going to hear from Jim Harbaugh <laughs> one way or another. Uh, I'm I'm hearing he's uh, he he's he hasn't decided. Uh, he may be within striking distance of a contract with the Chargers, according to Mike um, Mike Garofolo of NFL Network, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talks, joining us in hour number three. And this thing may have popped by then. Um, and uh, I I I also hear from some uh, friends and in, uh, involved in. Uh, a certain national championship football program 
that Jim is still talking to Michigan too. And at some point, leverage. I just, uh, and by the way, bless him. Whatever, whatever makes Jim, whatever makes you happy. Uh, That's, that's where I'm landing on that. And uh, because you're definitely leaning towards one way of happiness. Well, I mean, listen, I, I could, I will totally understand it. If he's like, Hey, the chargers offered me a gajillion dollars and yes, Michigan offered me a gajillion dollars, but I, I hung the banner in my, in my alma mater's stadium, and I will always come back and look at that and be part of it. And you know, when the Chargers visit Detroit, I'll stop by and say hi, take everyone for cheeseburgers, you know, <laughs> wink, nod, you know, hey, <laughs> this is what I did. I hung this banner, that flag you'll see on top of Michigan Stadium where I was a starter once upon a time. That's that's something I helped put up there with Team 144, and uh, and for that. I am eternally grateful. I mean, Susie and I took the kids and uh, one of our nephews, Jack, to the Rose Bowl and watched that all play out in front of us. Retired Nick Saban, who knew at the time. Uh-huh, true that. Uh, I, I, I couldn't be more ecstatic. But if he comes back and says, I want more, I'm like, okay, let's, let's saddle up because this guy has definitely helped crack a code that it seems so many other coaches in, in college football are – are either having trouble cracking or are trying to figure out just like Michigan figured out what the last three years are. And and bless him if he says the, the Lombardi trophy and the chase of it and going to a league where there's actual rules surrounding free agency, <laughs> you know, doesn't appeal to me as much as it does to go back home to Michigan, then I'd be ecstatic too. Whatever makes him happy. I want him happy. I want him happy. Do you want to know? Or? It's not in your script, sir. I'll, because I'll tell I'll you, there's tell you. one thing that there's one thing that both everybody says to me on either side of this equation. It all boils down to you think? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> and then it's like, really? And they're like, with Jim, you never know. Honestly, really? every everybody says that at the very end. With Jim, you never know. Man drinks whole milk. You can't Try to figure out anything now, that happens. Now, did he used to? Did he not used to drink whole milk because you know the cows are lazy animals? <laughs> uh, you know, know what I mean? Like I with him, you don't know. know. Didn't he, honestly, once upon a time, he doesn't eat chicken because it's a nervous bird. Now you're hearing how players stop by in his spot in Ann Arbor and see him feed chickens in his backyard. <laughs> no one know. knows. I don't know. But it works. It's kind of crazy. Works. I love his crazy. I love it. Yeah, you can't deny that wherever he goes, he wins. And he turns places around. Yes. And then he kind of has a weird exit. And then that's where we're at. You know who had that? Parcells. Yeah. And I think it was Albert Breer who's kind of routinely called him the modern day Parcells. And I, I kind of think that's spot on. Jeez. So, and you can't blame the Chargers either. Can't blame the Chargers. Hey, Justin Herbert's in his second contract, so we got to go. We got to figure yeah. out how to fill out a roster with now a second contract for our quarterback as opposed to his rookie deal. And who, who better to figure out this equation than somebody who, who did it at the collegiate level. And you're seeing all these coaches potentially want to get out of college football because who knows how this world works. So I'm, a, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm like a chicken. I'm a nervous bird sitting here right now <laughs> waiting for my, and, and I see Sharon Moore um, trending on Twitter X and I hit it thinking, okay, so what What happened? Is Harbaugh decided? Because Sharon Moore is definitely, in the mind's eye of Wolverines, the clearer choice to succeed Jim if he does, in fact, go to the pros. 
because he's the one who took over the program last second in Penn State and obviously got through the trap game in Maryland before beating Ohio State and keeping that winning streak alive and putting Michigan in the college football playoffs as the one seed and then dialing up a whole bunch of plays in the Rose Bowl. I hadn't seen them run all year long and then taking care of business in the national championship game on the offensive side of the football football when everything came down to it because the defense kept him in a game and it seems that if Jim goes to the Chargers he's taking defensive coordinator Jesse Minter with him and if Jim stays Jesse Minter may say I want to go to the pros look at what Mike McDonald his predecessor is doing he's in the national I mean the 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 American Football Conference Championship game he's the one who's going to have to try to crack the Mahomes code this weekend the defensive coordinator who's also interviewing for jobs in the NFL. And the Packers just fired Joe Barry, as many Packers fans were pounding the table for for much of December and early January. They need a defensive coordinator. Look, uh, there's a lot of pieces up in the air. Um, But the one thing that I do know about Michigan season is, one, it made me very happy, and two, it's made Ohio State apparently spend like sailors on shore leave to keep their team. Uh, there's an article in today's Wall Street Journal that says the Ohio State Buckeye Collective amassing and spending millions of dollars to put a roster together for the Ohio State University. The headline was, Michigan won a national title. This team is spending to make sure it doesn't happen again. That's the headline in the Wall Street Journal. And Bruce Feldman <laughs> strolling into the studio. I'm, by the way, I'm not That's a good headline. joking. Yeah. The uh, the great Bruce Feldman in his usual Wednesday spot will stop in here. And maybe, just maybe, Jim Harbaugh will make his announcement as Bruce is sitting here. Uh, first up, though, is uh, is Brian Windhorst. We're getting windy on a Zoom. I love it. Because I'll tell you this, um, you know, when you're 30 and 13 as a head coach in the NBA, I mean, winning 30 of your first 43 games. And uh, you, you kind of got to think you're safe in your job, you know? <laughs> right? 82-game season, just past the halfway point in terms of number of games played. And uh, you're 17 up. You know, 500. Not as good as Brockman Celtics, though, in terms of a record. But you got Giannis and Damian Lillard, and it's all working. And, uh, hey, Adrian Griffin, you're fired. That's the look, actually, right there in his face. I yeah, think that's the look. What? Say what? Say what? Excuse me? Play, please. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm now dismissed. I mean, I'm not laughing. And that Woj bomb happened, I think, in the very last segment of our show yesterday. We were just in the middle of talking to Andrew Whitworth, yep. who I don't believe is an expert on Milwaukee Bucks basketball, so we just let that ride and decided let's talk about it today because yeah, maybe, maybe they'll have named a new coach by then, and it appears it's going to be Doc Rivers. Doc uh, having a, um, uh, a Belichick uh Jets head coach tenure is the uh, broadcaster of the moment sitting between Doris Burke and Mike Breen. So it, Doc is finalizing a deal to become the Bucks head coach. And uh, somewhat of a homecoming for the kid from Chicago, just up the toll road. He's, yep. you know, he's, uh, he played his college ball at Marquette. And now he is the guy to potentially track, crack a code in Milwaukee that he was not able to do with Embiid and Harden and, and Maxie last year, and obviously with uh, Ben Simmons before that in Philadelphia, and then 
as TJ, you know, on the other side of your rooting coin with the Clippers, mm-hmm. where um, he did a remarkable job leading that team through the Donald Sterling disaster. Yeah, that is true. And um, and then um, having all sorts of issues trying to win that fourth game in a playoff series when they're up three games to one. Every year, some type of weird injury. So we'll see how Doc does with this gig. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. You're, I'm, I'm searching. This is what I want to know from Brian Windhorst is why. Because, yep. you know, are you watching last night's Lakers-Clippers game on Lakers. Turner, you know, Chris Haynes was all over the story from Turner. Didn't really give a specific reason other than just a new voice that uh, the the uh, organization needed a new voice. Mm-hmm. And as you know, they, they don't kind of care about paying somebody for not coaching them because this is going to be when they hire Doc officially. Third current coach on their payroll because they bounced Coach Bud with years left on his contract in June and then hired Griffin and they left, let him coach for 43 games and now here comes Doc. That's three coaches on a payroll. I guess it's Aaron Rodgers saying, uh, coming out of his darkness therapy saying, well, I got to... How much of that is on my tab? Is the minority owner? 1%. Yeah. So, uh, honestly, and and then, you know, you read it, well, their defensive prowess is less than, or they had a fall off on defense. Well, when you trade away Drew Holiday, don't you think that's going to have an effect? Right? I mean... And then you hear what Giannis and and Lillard kind of weren't into this guy anymore. And if Giannis isn't into him anymore, then guess what's going to happen? That's going to probably filter up to ownership. Pardon me, governorship, and um, and that's going to lead to Doc Rivers rotation, some late game stuff. I, I I don't know. People can people but said the, you could see it on the court. You're hearing that here. Having though. trouble beating Indiana. You hear it, but. Indiana went in the in, in the, the in the play-in and recently. So the, wait a minute. So the play-in tournament had an issue with the basketball. I think so. Right with Giannis wanting the basketball, yeah. and now the play-in tournament is the ripple effect of actually costing the coach a job. It's possible. In season, uh, the, not, in, not playing in the season. play the in season. They right the in season tournament. Pardon me. So yes, uh, I'm searching for an answer. I'm sure Adrian Griffin is as well. And, um, you know, I, I, you don't really see that 30 and 13. Kind of unprecedented. Well, I think Mo Cheeks got bounced in Philadelphia after 50 games one year. Yeah, the name I, I saw yesterday was David Blatt, remember, in 2016 okay. with the Cavs. And then they get to Ron Lewin and then win it all. Correct. Okay. So now they figure, let's get uh, Doc Rivers and try and yeah, win it all. You can see it going poorly. Let's just cut bait now and try to regroup. I mean, they're three and a half behind the Celtics. Second best record in the NBA. I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't understand <laughs> it. This is like a, this is like an NHL move. Yes. You know what I mean? Like this is wild. Yeah. Well, wild. What's their winning? What's the actual? I don't know the math. What is the actual winning percentage? I'm trying to put it into like football terms. Oh, like, for uh, these guys? Yeah. Like what it would uh, be? That's like six ninety-eight, seventy percent. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so seventy percent of your games. So that's like taking a seven and three coach of and just fired. firing him in the in the NFL. You've won seven of your first ten games. You're four up. Seven and three probably puts you right in the mix for your divisional 
race unless you're dealing with an undefeated team at the top. I don't know. It's just weird, and I don't have an answer, but I'm about to get one. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. I have a power rankings. Oh. Mike Hoskins texted this idea to me this very morning, and I'm like, sold. I love it. Power rankings that can single-handedly send their team to the Super Bowl. Players that can single-handedly send their team to the Super Bowl this weekend. I've got 10 of them, and I will rank them because that's what you do when you power rank people. Oh, is that how that works? Yeah. Oh, gotcha. And feel free to start heckling me now because you might not like this list. Oh, jeez. You know, I I don't heckle that much. Yes, you do. No, I really don't. You're an underrated heckler. <laughs> By the way, write that one down. If you want me to, heckle, that's a great. I'll heckle. I don't. No, no, I don't. I, I, try I don't. I don't. Heckle. I don't appreciate it. You, know, you should don't. do that. Eight four four two zero four. Rich, let's do that hockey. And that's what oh. the Bucks. That's what the Bucks basically said. We're going to treat you like a hockey coach. What is going? See on? you later. As they say in hockey, let's, let's do, do that, that hockey. hockey. One of the best <laughs> SNL sports sketches ever. With Chance the Rapper. As a fill-in hockey correspondent for uh, the Yes Network. All right, we'll take a break. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Let's get Brian Windhorst on here. I need answers. You want answers? I demand the truth, and I can handle it. That's next. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Well then, no. there's some big news that hit. Just now? John Stewart's back as the host of The Daily Show. Really? really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. How about that? You know, Roy Wood Jr. was mouthing the words, hire a host behind. Just hire a host. Right, behind uh, Trevor Noah as yeah. he was collecting the Emmy Award for The Daily Show. Oh, wow. John Stewart is back for the election season. I mean, 
So he's just, just in time to bring some sanity. I guess I don't or... know, but he just he just tweeted. Friends, after much reflection, I have decided to enter the transfer portal for my last year of eligibility. Excited for the future. 5'7 ish. Yeah. 165. 14.8 second 40. So I can get him. Oh, you got him. Second. <laughs> hashtag blessed. Hashtag NIL baby. Hashtag TDS Nation, the Daily Show Nation. And hashtag, you'll love this, TJ. LFGM. What does that stand for? Uh, let's F and go Mets. Mets. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> John Stewart, a real host in a host spot in a spot where truth telling needs to be told in a funny manner. Oh God, that is just a delightful piece of news. He must have also broken the Viacom bank. <laughs> I don't know. Is Viacom? Is that old? Is that a, or I don't know, I don't know what it Paramount, is anymore? Paramount Bank, Paramount the Paramount Bank. Bank, Viacom back in his old days. Honestly, yeah, he ain't coming cheap. He, he. Oh my gosh! So he's gonna host Monday nights. That's it. Seems like it. Good enough. Starting when does it say? Uh, let me just click. On okay. Squad goals. Yes, indeed. <laughs> he is truly one of the best ever. At doing a hosting job. Amazing. Back on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk. Furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. I need answers uh, about what in the world happened in Milwaukee and what's going on with the association as we are just past the halfway point in terms of games played of a remarkable NBA season. And he is one of the best. From ESPN, Brian Windhorst, the ESPN senior NBA writer, and so much more back on the program. Great to see you, Brian. Hey, Rich. How's it going? I'm good. Uh, why Why did the Bucks do what they did with Adrian Griffin? Yeah, they just kind of got to a point where they felt that they he wasn't going to get into a position to give them the best chance to win. That sounds like a uh, – I even hate saying it that way, but it was, I think, just that simple. I, I think really if I could get down to brass tacks – they realized pretty quick that maybe Adrian was in a little bit over his head. And look, if he had three years, maybe he would end up being a really good head coach. Um, they didn't have three years. This team is built to win now, especially with Dame Lillard's age and the pressures on the organization in terms of just, you know, in the NBA right now, it's hard to maintain your level with the rules are in place. They just didn't have time. And it was really apparent to, you know, anybody in the league who was paying attention that that team was floundering a little bit. I know their record is very good, but nobody looked at them and said that is a serious contender for a title because you can't be a serious contender the way that they were playing. And so I think they, they were hoping that he would get into the season and he would sort of grow into the job. And instead the opposite was happening, which they were getting worse on defense. I, I just, you can't take a team seriously. I know we're in the modern era where everybody scores 130 points and, you know, you're not supposed to worry about your defensive numbers, but you, you, you're an unserious contender if you're a bottom 10 defensive team. It, it just history says it. You can't, you can't fight that. And they've been a bottom three defensive team over the last three or so weeks. It was getting worse and not better. And so um, the move that this reminds me of is, uh, well, God, it's eight years ago now when the Cavs fired David Blatt. And I even looked it up. The Cavs fired David Blatt on January 22nd. Mm. 
Uh, Griffin was let go January 23rd. Wow. The Cavs were 11 and or uh, 30 and 11. The Bucks are 30 and 13. And at the time, it seemed a little bit crazy. But if you were around that Cavs team, you would know that Black just wasn't the guy for the for the job. And not to this is not a personal situation on Adrian Griffin. He was not the guy for the job. And when they fired Mike Budenholzer, they had the option of going with a more proven coach. They elected not to. They elected to go with the first-time head coach. That was a gamble. That gamble didn't work, and so they've pivoted pretty hard. They sure did. They sure have. So before we get to the doc part of it, um, what what? So the symptoms you're saying that were that made it up to the suite of the governorship is just the defense, or or how much came from the players in your estimation? There was, a, there was a couple of things going on. Number one, they completely lost their defensive identity. And one of the reasons was, was because they didn't have a, a system in place. Now, Mike Budenholzer was the definition of a system coach. He, he almost sort of come hell or high water was like, we're going to play my system no matter what. He taught it in October. He taught it in May. He played the exact same system with very little variance. It was annoying at times because he was one of these guys who believed in protecting the middle at all costs and giving up threes. And there would be games where they'd get toasted from the outside. Teams would make 35 threes against them, and they'd be sitting there protecting the inside. And you'd be like, what are you doing over there, bud? Um, but his he had they had great fundamental defense. They won a championship uh, playing great fundamental defense. And so when Adrian Griffin came in, he didn't have a system. And not only that, like – he literally like six or seven games of the system publicly announced he was changing the way they played defense because the players didn't like it. And whether the players like it or not, you either believe in your system or not. And he didn't have a system he believed in because he was, he was flopping around on it. And um, Giannis repeatedly, I think three or four times talked about the lack of organization and questioned the strategy. And when you're doing that publicly, you know, you can debate whether or not a player should be doing that, but it was very clear that they didn't feel like they had that organization. And to me, you know, the thing about it was it, it was a red flag when Terry Stotts, who was a longtime NBA coach, longtime NBA head coach, he resigned as uh, as lead assistant before the start of the season. And I'm not saying that's why it didn't work. Like, I'm not saying if Terry Stotts had been there that they would all of a sudden be a much better team. But when that happens, when you're looking at a team that could be a championship winner, it's just a huge red flag. You know, you know that there's something going on there. So um, it's uncomfortable, but the Bucks, you know, in a lot of ways, Rich, I respect it because it's them saying, look, status quo isn't going to get it done. And if we're going to go down, we're not going to go down without taking action. And that's what they did. So how does Doc fix it? Why, why Doc? Well, the first thing he's got to do is he's got to get them an identity defensively. And one of the big challenges is when they hired Adrian Griffin, and this actually, again, reminds me of David Blatt. When they hired David Blatt, the Cavs didn't have LeBron James or Kevin Love. And then a month after he was hired, they had LeBron James and Kevin Love, and mm. it was like, oh, this is a different team. But when they hired Adrian Griffin, they still had a lot of really good defensive pieces and parts, and they had a good defensive concept. Then they make the Dame Lillard trade. And that at the, and the end result of that trade, they get, frankly, one of the weaker perimeter defenders in the league. Now, he's an unbelievable offensive player, one of the great uh, scorers we've ever seen. But like they, he was already replacing a really good defensive coach under some pressure, and they replace him with 
they, they, they replace the roster a lot. And so he just didn't have the defensive tools. So now Doc has got to try to figure out how they can play defense with what they've got because they have a, they have a team that is designed very poor in the perimeter. Right now in the NBA, Rich, if you don't have size on the perimeter, you're in trouble because you go down and look at how big the NBA is and how the, the lead scores of each team. I mean, if you're in the Eastern Conference, you're thinking, how do we deal with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? How do we deal with that size? How do we deal with the size of Joel Embiid? Um, how do we deal with, you know, the size and physicality of, you know, some of the great players, um, you know, with the great wing scores, you know, even in the West, if you make it all the way to the finals again, they are not equipped to do that. So Doc, you know, he definitely brings more experience and will command respect in the room, but that's going to be a challenge. And it's also going to be a question about, will they look to try to figure out a way to do something with the roster to get some more defense in? Because even though they're 30 and 13, they don't win games by outplaying opponents. They win games by outscoring opponents. And that's only going to take you so far. And everybody is very well aware of that. Okay. Brian Windhorst. Brian Windhorst and the Hoop Collective is his pod. And, of course, ESPN is the, the spot where you can see him right here on the Rich Eisen Show for the moment. So um, let me let me, let me me go in the trade deadline direction. What are you hearing right now? Uh, not just specifically Milwaukee. Um We've already seen two trades because Toronto is is selling off some players. What do you have for me on that front, Brian? Yeah, so I think one of the teams people are keeping a very close eye on right now is the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are underperforming. Um, and they have shown some interest in talking about some of the players on their roster, particularly DeJounte Murray. Murray has been an all-star in the past. Um, he's under a long-term contract, so he's kind of a – and it's a it's – a, it's, deemed to be a reasonable contract for his talent level. He's a guy who can play both ends of the court. He's a guy that a lot of contending teams are interested in. So there's a lot of interest in whether DeJounte going to a contending team could, you know, balance, tip the balance of power. So they are one of the hot spots to keep an eye on. Um, and then you obviously always have the Lakers. Um, the Lakers are once again at midseason, about 500 like they were a year ago and once again sniffing around to see if they can make a move it's actually kind of remarkable how the similar their situation is they're in a better state than they were last year in my view they're much deeper and they have, they have much more versatility but they're still underachieving and so rob palenka is looking to see if he can find a way to improve that roster. So while they're out there scavenging and trying to find it, um, and of course the Lakers and Hawks, two teams looking to do business have talked, but there's other teams out there interested. I mean, I think um, uh, the Golden State Warriors are a big question mark. Do they stick with this roster uh, and try to sort of go against the grain when it looks like that this team has maybe run its course? Do they keep this core together or and wait until the summer to to address it do they look to do something at the deadline to try to to give them another chance they've got a 400 million dollar payroll rich with um mm. when you include their luxury taxes 400 million and they've got chris paul's contract you know 36 million dollars they've got some first round picks that they have available they have some young players like they actually have some pieces that they could go out into the market with the question is is there a move for them that is actually productive as opposed to just hoping that their guys regain some of the form that they had, you know, two years ago, 
that's a tough question. You could ask 10 different people and get 10 different answers of people in the league. Um, so I, I think there's some other teams that will try to improve around the edges. I think you'll see the, you know, the Knicks are definitely, you know, they've already made one significant trade with OG Ananobi. I think they're looking to maybe make a, a supplemental uh, acquisition. Um, you know, there are still some teams that are going to do some things. I don't know if we're going to see any giant names move. Like we've gotten used to the last few trade deadlines when James Harden is, and, um, and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant moved around. I'm not sure we're going to see anything of that level, but I do think we'll still see a handful of trades from the contenders. Brian Windhorst here on the Rich Eisen show. Let's revisit the Lakers again, because it, it just seems like they are on a, a little bit of a treadmill after winning the in-season tournament with a, a couple of games in Vegas that made us all think, well, there it is. That's it. We could see that maybe uh, from April through June, as opposed to just two games, maybe over two months. That's possible. Uh, but it just seemed to be on, on on a treadmill where they'll win a couple and then just go back to the same old, same old, where we're wondering where, where the where the championship quality is, Brian, and what, 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 what is going on there and how does that affect LeBron's um, future? Yeah, they're, um, they're a little bit maddening. I can imagine for their, uh, for their executives, because, you know, the team that they put together at the end of last season, like they defended like crazy. They were the number one or two defensive team after the trade deadline last year. And some of the offense, some of the players they brought in also could do some things offensively. And, you know, they were like, man, like that's a team, like like a concept of having two future hall of famers, LeBron and AD and a defensive first team. Like I'm not saying they would ever move into like, you know, leading contender to win the title, but like that's something that you can do some damage with. And then you watched how they played in the in-season tournament. And it wasn't just the games in Vegas, Rich. They crushed in that tournament. LeBron turned it up. They had the, you know, because we had to pay attention to scoring differential because that was a tiebreaker. Yes. The Lakers were the scoring differential leader by like 50 points. Not 50. They were the leader by 50 points. They dominated that whole event. And so if you're their front office, you're saying, this is our team. We defend, we get AD and LeBron playing well, but we are now 40 plus games into the season. And I think AD has missed four or five games. LeBron's missed maybe three. They haven't had injuries to their stars. Those guys have been there and they're not getting the, the wins. And, you know, in the last, um, you know, couple of weeks, They've actually even gotten some really good play from D'Angelo Russell, who's been a guy who's been a disappointment this year. They re-signed him instead of like letting him walk and maybe trying to go find another uh, guard. They re-signed him, and he was in a terrible slump. He was out of the starting lineup. He's come back into the starting lineup over the last couple of weeks and been awesome, put up some huge performances, and they've had a very favorable portion of schedule and they're still basically 500. So, you know, I think they're a little bit stuttered by the, you know, by the thing that they, that their team is operating in in significant way, like they wanted to, and it's not producing results when that team has produced results in the past. So I, there's not an easy answer here. And when you ask about LeBron, you know, like LeBron is 39 years old. He has an option in his contract and his son might be in the draft. Um, I think there's a good chance his son is going to come to the draft. Uh, he has said he wants to play with his son. These are all facts. Um, I, I, I really can't see um, LeBron not being in L.A. That said, he has never been on a one-year contract with the Lakers. He has always extended. I think he's been there six years, and he's extended his contract. He's signed three different contracts. He's extended repeatedly. He is clearly leaving that option there. 
not because he necessarily wants to leave, but because I think he just wants to have flexibility, wants to see what happens. And, you know, that's a reality that the Lakers have to grapple with. Um, they, you know, regardless of what LeBron's contract is, he's 39. You know, when he retires or moves on, whatever, he's not replaceable. Like, yeah, they're the <laughs> Lakers. People are going to want to play there. He's an unreplaceable resource. So, like, even if he was signed a contract for five years, they still would have the pressure of dealing with a 39-year-old who they need to try to take advantage of. Well, and and I, I guess there is, I mean, let's just go there. I mean, just the way that they handled Kobe's end of his career and and how that kind of, you know, cap-strung them uh, on occasion, but they wanted to have Kobe there. And, you know, um, I'm wondering if they'll do the same thing with LeBron, although I don't know how much longer LeBron wants to play. Is it just one year with this kid? I mean, is there anything to inform all this? Because that not only informs yeah. what they do at the trade deadline, it's what they do in the draft. It's what they do for next year. And, and who knows, Brian? I mean, that's big. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of unanswerable questions there, you know. Um, yes. One, the Lakers don't even know if they're going to have their draft pick this year. Um, there's this weird um, thing that the Pelicans have. The Pelicans have the option, and I think the deadline is like June 1st or something like that. The Pelicans have the option of either taking the Lakers pick this year or next year. And obviously it's going to depend on where the Lakers pick ends up. Like, are they going to miss the playoffs and be a lottery team? Are they going to get lucky in the lottery? It's unprotected, by the way. Uh, even though if, if, it, if it gets unlucky, if the Lakers miss the playoffs and it gets lottery luck, the Pelicans can take it. Um, so I don't even know, like, forget about whether or not you think the Lakers should draft Bronny James or anybody should draft Bronny James. The Lakers don't even know as they operate today whether they're going to have a draft pick in this year's draft. So that's, that's one complication. Second complication is I do think that LeBron could play multiple more years in the league. Um, and also he's under contract for 50 million. He's the, his option for next year is 50 million, five, zero. I know the man is wealthy, but $50 million is not nothing. So, you know, maybe he wants to play with his son, but maybe his son gets drafted by a team that says, yeah, LeBron, you can come play here, but we've got 10 million. That's what we've got. Like they don't have, you know, salary cap space. Is he honestly going to leave that kind of money on the table to move? I can't see that. But, you know, I don't know. Um, maybe Bronny James doesn't get drafted at all. Maybe maybe the best thing for Bronny is to go to a team where he can develop, not a team with LeBron on it where he would, you know, there would be a totally different set of circumstances. There, there's a ton of different things. All I can tell you is the Lakers are, are, are coming in under expectations right now. LeBron is 39. LeBron has an option on his contract. The Lakers don't know whether they're going to have their draft pick. I don't know what's going to happen with Bronny James, whether he's in the draft or not. And if he is in the draft, I don't know where he's going to take him. I don't know how strong and important it is for him to play with LeBron Jr. in 24-25. These are all unanswered questions. And that was what makes this kind of a fascinating thing to watch. No doubt. So just to put a point on it, based on what you said, it's possible it could come down to LeBron staying with the Lakers comes down to the Lakers drafting Bronny because that's what's obviously – and it makes total sense that LeBron would want to do that before – you know, moving on to the next part of his life. Yeah, in a weird way, Rich, I, I know that this sounds counterintuitive. The better Bronny plays at USC, the harder it might be to play with him. And the reason is because if he like was had like a brilliant season this year and like he becomes, because, you know, Jonathan Gavoni, who's at ESPN, our, our guy who, who evaluates draft picks, like, he's awesome at his job and like, go look at his mock drafts. He like nails the mock drafts, maybe not a, a year out, but certainly in the, you know, and, and he was 
he thought that Bronny before his terrible uh, event last summer, mm-hmm. he thought Bronny could be a lottery pick. Well, if Bronny's potentially a lottery pick, it's the Lakers might not have a shot at him. If Bronny looks like more of a project and he slides into the second round, oh, it becomes much more feasible for the Lakers to acquire him. And frankly, if he doesn't get drafted at all, which I think he's going to get drafted, but like, if he doesn't get drafted at all, Lakers could just sign him. So in a strange way, obviously LeBron wants Bronny to have a great season at USC, but it, if Bronny goes later in the draft, it becomes easier for the Lakers to acquire him. And this becomes a cleaner process. It's counterintuitive, but it's one of the other facets that's just fascinating about the situation. And yet they may not have a draft pick to use on him because of the Anthony Davis trade. Is that what that's from the Pelicans? That's, that's what right. Wow. Okay. That's right. Talk about a wild scenario. Oh, my goodness, Brian. But there's lots more basketball to be played. Love chatting with you. Thanks for the time, Brian. Truly appreciate it. Thank you, it. Rich. Look for more of my texts and, uh, and Zoom uh, requests. <laughs> All right. Take care, man. Enjoy this weekend. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. At Windhorse ESPN. Wow. And, you know, and, and I just want to say this, too, um, because everything that we just discussed, because obviously LeBron James's status here in Los Angeles is huge on a million fronts. And I mean like millions of dollars for businesses in the area that want to, that, that, that are thriving because the Lakers are thriving. And, you know, certainly when the Clippers are moving to their own um, uh, place Mm -hmm. in uh, the city of champions, Inglewood, California. And so um, the reason why I I just want to say this is LeBron may not be thinking of any of this at all because it's all about what he wants best for his son. If his son balls out and he gets, he's a lottery pick somewhere else, then LeBron will just um, play against him when the Lakers see this kid ball out. He might just be sitting there going, you do your, like, I'm don't even worry about what I want. It's about what you want. And here we are saying, well, maybe better if, and, and here we are speculating our heads off. And certainly when it's a kid coming back from a, a, a heart incident, like go ball out, you know, Bronny, and then figure out the rest down the road, you know, uh, cause that's not fair to the kid. Let him do whatever he wants to do and be whoever he wants to be. And that, uh, I, 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 I would bet you dollars to donuts is LeBron's entire mantra when it comes to him. And if he, they can play together, wouldn't that be a dream? So, but the fact is that if the Lakers need a draft pick in the first round to get him to make all this happen and they don't have it because they went and they got Anthony Davis years ago, can you imagine that that is the scenario that prevents this from playing out? We talk about all these trades where it's like the draft picks are seven, eight years down the road. And and you don't think it is. You don't pay it any mind at the time. And now here it is coming to roost, possibly. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We'll take your phone calls when we come back right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Oh, my son's talking right now in Baltimore. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. 
What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. game with Chris Brockman and Mike Del Tufo over there, okay. where I will read out the facts. They will guess whether it's true meta or false meta, and then you will confirm. Okay, let's okay. do it. Here we go. The Rich Eisen Show presents <laughs> real meta. Our test, that's a three. <laughs> or fake meta. I wore number 37 for the Lakers because Michael Jackson's album Thriller was number one on the Billboard charts for 37 consecutive oh. nights. <laughs> true meta? No or way. Fake? No way. No way. Is it fake meta? That is 100% true. <laughs> that's true. Oh. <laughs> that's true. I knew it was that's 37 album, weeks, man. but I wouldn't guess. All right, next one. Right that's before his comeback. Back with the Wizards, I broke uh, I broke two of Michael Jordan's ribs in a pickup game and delayed his comeback by three months. I was so upset about it, I didn't leave my house for days. True meta or fake meta? I think that's true. I'm saying true. That's true. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I love Michael Jordan. My one of my well, probably my favorite player. You broke his ribs? It was on accident. It was a summertime okay, pickup good. game and it was a intense game. In 2010, an art show honoring me was held in Toronto, Canada, entitled "Lovable Badass." Uh, f- uh, false. True. That's true. Yeah, we have a tie. <laughs> All right, last one. Last one. In 2010, I was cited for driving a race car with an expired registration down a city street. <laughs> oh, true meta or fake meta? Uh, based on his reaction, I'm going to say true. <laughs> I got to go true, too. That's I can, true. I That's, true. That. That's true. It was an Indy 500 car. It was fun. What? <laughs> cool, How did you, young how did you fit in that thing? I, I didn't really fit. I was real like this and hitting the gas with my one little pinky toe. And by the way, the city was Westwood back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. All right, uh, any anything from you gents that uh, Windhorse said surprise you? You were talking, uh, Chris, early on in uh, the program that uh, reminds uh, you of David Blatt in, in Cleveland where they fired him. Yeah, I had no 41 idea. 41 games the in. Actual similarities, one day apart, and the record was virtually the same. Kind of wild. And, in, and and he said that Blatt was hired before they got Kevin Love and LeBron. Oh, different story. Right. So that made sense at the time. This one, it's like you knew what you had, and uh, I guess they thought, let's go with the young guy and the young way of doing it and his first time doing it and he'll he'll either get it or learn on the job and apparently he didn't get it and wasn't learning fast enough on the job so out in comes doc just i guess also just to keep it you know um all encompassing in what we're seeing in our world these days that's why you got to sit here and wonder okay let's go with the hot coordinator in um in the right, NFL right. or Come we just going to or or you know yeah. the Falcons and the Chargers you got Harbaugh and you got Vrabel and you got Belichick or you got a, a whole bunch of these you know hot coordinators Ben Johnson let's wait around and see what the Lions do let's talk to Bobby Slowick yep. 
Let's talk to, you know, I mean, they just hired uh, Brian Callahan in Tennessee. I mean, they may get it. They may learn on the job and eventually get it. But if you're the Chargers, you're going to you're going to you're going to put that in the hands of let's see who can figure it out. Atlanta just did that with Arthur Smith and, you know, and and it's not like he couldn't figure it out. I, I don't know if it just was a fit or or they just lost patience. Get out. So I'm just saying, you got Belichick or you, you got known commodities. You go with the known commodities who've done it. And that's the thing with Doc Rivers. He's, he's really good at coaching superstars and managing those type of massive egos. And that's what he's going to come in here and do in Milwaukee. And there's no doubt he's going to have success. It's when he gets to the playoffs, can he make the game-to-game adjustments? Can he figure out the X's and O's uh, in, the, in a tight series and that's what he struggled with with Philly and the Clippers I mean <laughs> you're, you're the Philly Clipper guy you want to chime in he, he I mean at, at this particular time I don't really think he's speaking any lies right now what he said is pretty accurate you know but or, again you can't always I'm of the belief you can't always put everything on the coach because like I said with the Clippers Chris was, Chris Paul's hamstring Paul George's fingers, this broken right, right. fingers you know uh, knees MB, MB, you know injuries getting yeah. injuries so you know you can't put everything always sure. on the coach but by the, and by the way the Paul George's this is just the entire Clipper run yeah <laughs> but that has the Doc had nothing to do with Doc was already gone you know what I'm saying so. Um, with injuries that always seem to crop up. But I wish him of course. moderate success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I can't. Good for you. Yep. You, you know? two, yeah, you two guys yeah, are yeah. like <laughs> moderate. Party success. is like, uh oh, and party is like, okay, we'll see you. Because right now he's coming yeah. between the two of us. Right yeah, now, like I know. we'll and, see in the playoffs because they're going to make it. They're going to be the, one of the top three seeds, and then we'll see what happens. Robbie in Memphis, Tennessee. You're here in the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Robbie? What's going on, Rich? What's on, uh, what's on your mind? Just super excited for this weekend, man. I'm going to uh, be making my way out to California for the NFC Championship game. Okay. Um, this will be like, I think, the eighth time I've seen the 49ers play, but it'll be the first time I've ever actually been to a home game. Okay. So, uh, kind of excited for that. Um, Look at you making the commitment. <laughs> You're committed. <laughs> I like it. So yeah, of course I'm committed. I've always been committed. Um, I was actually at the game earlier this season uh, when they came off the bye against Jacksonville in Florida. Oh, that, and uh, oh. hey, that's when that's when Robbie, you know, that's when it was all um, up in the air, man. They're coming off of their bye, three game losing streak, sitting on their bye on a three game losing streak. You know where they they look terrible in Cleveland, where Purdy actually did lead them into a chance to win it with no time left and they missed a kick the minnesota game was a disaster um you know just to name two and and then they came off the bye and they punked jacksonville and i think they 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 found something and thanks for the call good luck enjoy the game man Absolutely. enjoy the game it, you, you bet it i mean that's where things turned in that jacksonville and then off they went and then until the ravens came to town and just hit them <laughs> in the mouth and drew significant blood and that's something that we'll be thinking about if both one seeds advance on Sunday, we'll have two weeks to chop that one up and see how it could be different. But there is a team that is in San Francisco from Detroit that has their own ideas in mind. Dan Campbell had this to say about the thing they need to stop, and it's kind of obvious, and obviously he knows what he's talking about. you got to stop the run, because if you don't, they'll 
they'll rush for 250 on you, and then they won't even worry about passing. Purdy does a hell of a job. You know, they throw a lot of daggers middle of the field, and he does a hell of a job with touch, timing, rhythm. Uh, but we have to stop this run game. It's, it just has to start there. Um, you, you, as much as you can, you have to try to make this team one-dimensional, and that's not easy to do. You know, this will be an outstanding test for us, but it's one we're ready for. We're ready for. So we're built to handle this, and this is going to be a, this will be an outstanding game on the road. Uh, our guys are going to be ready to roll. I love it. Hey, the the issue with making them one-dimensional by taking away the run game is because they're multi-dimensional in the run game, not just scheme, but with Debo in the mix too. That is so huge. Today we're supposed to find out a better chance if it's going to be a coin flip on Sunday or or worse or maybe even better. That's the thing because they're multi-dimensional in the run game. You don't know where McCaffrey's going to line up and and get a toss and or or find a seam, get a crack, get a crease because it's not just, you know, I mean with all due respect to Elijah Mitchell, it's 23. That's who's going to be running it. It's either 23 or 19 and if there's no 19, it's just 23 that makes it a little bit less of a conundrum. For them but you can hear like this is probably dan campbell must probably he's probably saying it 20 times an hour to that defensive staff and the room just getting their minds right about stopping this run and then stop the run on the way to try and uh, get purdy off the spot and then out of his rhythm that's part of our world heading to hour two bruce feldman in studio you know i mean that that is that is our first, I guess, chewing into the X's and O's here. And we all know about the Jimmys and Joes on that offensive team in, in, in San Francisco, but no Debo. That is that is that is one million percent the question of the moment. Is it is he up or down? And um, you know, Irv said he spoke to Debo the next day after the win over the Packers, and he said Debo said he could hardly lift his arm the last time that he sat out with that shoulder injury. That this time it's better; it's not a, as bad. And we also know at least the shoulder's not broken. So I'm sure he's going to be out there. It's just how effective is he? I get be? it. You know, I I I don't know what it is. I know that he was ta- pointing to the top of his shoulder at one point when they yeah. had cut away. <laughs> That's an AC joint. I know because I suffered that injury at the Pro Bowl years ago. I was able to go to my left hand with the handheld mic the rest of the week. I fought through it. I was questionable for a couple of broadcasts. Wait, it happened? Yes, it did. Fall? Yeah, Ray Lewis and and uh, and Rod Woodson oh, had that, me hit had me right. hit the, the tackling dummy, <laughs> and then Rod, like Lucy, let go of the bag. I thought I was going to run right into it. He let it go, and I went through it, and I landed right on my shoulder. And then I'm on the on the beach about five minutes later. I'm like, damn, I can't lift my arm. Ooh, my arm, my arm. So yes, I'm like Debo. You don't know. I'm a coin flip. Is basically what I'm saying. I'm a coin.